welcome to Money Tips by Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Charles spent over 25 years in financial services, working for banks, insurance companies, and as a qualified independent financial advisor running his practice before setting up his speaking, consultancy, and property business. Money Tips will help you save, make, and accumulate more money, whether you are a business owner, entrepreneur, employee, or still searching for your vocation. Is the high street retail store, the traditional store, really dead? You know, we keep hearing about the, 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 the stories that they're finished. You know, we hear about some big stores closing down and you think it's all over. Amazon are going to take over. They'll be dropping our shopping by drones and, you know, everything will change. But, but is that really the case? I want to put a new spin on this because, you know, Amazon are actually opening up stores themselves. They've recently opened up a store in, in a big retail park in the UK. And, uh, you know, they're selling stuff that has been highly rated in a store. It's, it's weird, isn't it? That they've got this massive market online and yet they still want to have a physical store. Uh, Morrison Supermarkets, it's, uh, it's I think, one of the third largest chain in the UK. Uh you know, it's it's an okay kind of place to shop. It's reasonably cheap. It's not the cheapest, but it's not the most expensive. But it's not like a luxury store like uh, Waitrose or or Marks and Spencers. But it's now been taken over for, for in a seven billion pound takeover. So obviously the the investors there don't think that 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 side of retail is, is dead. You know, you got stores like Costco is booming. Their share price is high. And Aldi and Lidl are expanding. That they're, they're opening up more stores in the UK, and also we have workers going back to to the offices. And uh, you know, in, in fact, the the employers, according to a recent survey, that the, the number of employers considering redundancies is is at a record low, uh, according to a survey by the Insolvency Service. It was very high uh, this time last year. But, you know, the, the sentiment is, is reduced and people are starting to go back to work. Uh, and that, that, of course, will, will boost local retail. Now, there's always a, a good side and a bad to it. Yes, we've seen Debenhams close. We've seen many of the sort of fashion stores, uh, some, some small electrical retailers that perhaps were not able to open up during the lockdown. You know, they have uh, gone out of business. But I think a lot of that could be down to the fact they haven't adapted. Gap is another one, but I think their brand has been taken over by by next. So stores that have failed to adapt to, to the new world, to, to online shopping, to deliveries uh, have, have uh, suffered, uh, where, where stores like Next have prospered because they, they had both, you know. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a difficult couple of years, but I think uh, basics, uh, you know, basic necessities, food and, and stuff like that, that people need uh, all the time uh, and, and will always need that those kind of businesses are doing well and will do well even in a recession. Uh, th those are the kind of businesses that you know that will thrive in a in a recession. Food, uh, you know, the stuff that we need all the time. You know, the household goods that we need all the time. That you know, the likes of Procter and Gamble uh, manufacturer. Uh, th these companies have been around for, for for decades and decades and 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 never seem to go out of business. You seem to see their stuff on on the supermarket shelves. 
uh, all, all the time. Unilever is another one, you know, supplying basic boring necessities. And in fact, Warren Buffett's uh, Berkshire Hathaway invests in, in companies that are perennial money makers, money making machines almost. You know, he invests in Coca-Cola, he invests in uh, McDonald's and, and companies like that, railroads, you know, boring kind of businesses that just seem to uh, churn out profits year after year. Now, talking about supermarkets, uh, which supermarket do you think is the cheapest in the UK? Well, I would have immediately sort of said Lidl, but in fact, it is uh, Aldi. Aldi is, is uh, I believe, it's a German company. Uh, they've been around a long time in, in Europe, uh, but uh, recently they, they seem to have uh, uh, gone gone into, into the UK and have, have done very, very well. Uh, they, they are cheap. And in fact, in this survey, uh, let's see if we can find the survey. They they come out for for a typical basket of goods. They come out something like twenty pounds cheaper than uh, than say a, a Waitrose, which is the most expensive store in in the UK. But you know it's like comparing you know a cheap car, you know like a, a Kia, and saying, well, how does this compare? This is a lot cheaper than a Mercedes or a Rolls Royce, you know. Um, People who go to Waitrose don't necessarily care if it's not the cheapest. They want a choice of, of luxury goods. They want, uh, you know, a quiet sort of supermarket area where you can walk around and not be hustled and bustled like you would do in, in Lidl. Uh, and, you know, Lidl is very much the pile them high and sell them low. You know, there's not much room to move around. You're getting pushed around, that sort of thing. Uh, but... Um, you know, they're, they're doing very well. And some of these stores in the high street that you see, these saver kind of stores, these cheap stores, Iceland, uh, they, they are doing well and they will do well in, in, in a recession. I keep talking about recession. I mean, the, you know, the, the country is still technically in, in a recession, although the, uh, you know, the economy is growing from, from a, a low. It, yes, it's growing from, you know, a rock bottom uh, minus position. Yes, of course it's growing. But, you know, I think we are still in choppy waters. So uh, I, I think stores, if you're, if you're an investor and, and you invest in stores that are perennial money makers and, and will make money, uh, whatever happens, that, that these are goods that you need. Yes, the shares might not do as well as some of the, the, the more sexy shares that go up in value very, very fast. You know, but if, if you're invested in companies that are, are going to be needed all the time to come rain or shine. You know, people will always need food, right? People always need, you know, toiletries and basic household stuff. So the, the stores that seem to do well in recessions, you know, the Poundlands, the Icelands, Aldi and Lidl. I mean, Aldi and Lidl are just expanding everywhere. Yes, when you go in there, you won't have as much choice as you will in Tesco's or or Marks and Spencers or, or Waitrose, and you won't have so many luxury brands, but you know you will get it cheap and you might have to queue up longer at, at the, the checkout. But you, you have to make your choice. And you know many wealthy people I know uh, pull up in, in their Bentleys and go into to, um, Lidl and Poundland. You know, they, they like it. But they think to themselves, why would I want to pay you know, three pounds for something that I can get in Poundland for a pound? Like, like a toothpaste, for instance, or a toilet rolls, or whatever it is, you know, you can get them cheaper in, in these stores. And, and talking about retail, Asia's richest man. Do you know who the richest man in Asia is? It's actually Mukesh Ambani, who, who's got a, a business called Retail uh, uh, Reliance something or other. Uh, and he's worth $99 billion. Amazing. 
uh, someone that you wouldn't see in the news very often. But, you know, he's bringing 7-Eleven stores to India. He plans to expand them all over India. And, you know, India is one of the fastest growing economies in the world. It's the second largest country in the world. And and I think as a long term bet, India to me looks more interesting than than China. You know, in China, when you invest in the stock market, you don't have real full ownership. And you know, you've got let, let's face it, a communist government there that that really uh, is not a capitalist system. They're running a capitalist system, but they haven't got communists. They've still got their communist hat on. And you know, this is probably why they're they're clamping down on some of these wealthy. Uh, business people that that have borrowed money and built up huge real estate empires. You know that they've even said we want that the wealth to trickle down. Look what's happened to Jack Ma of Alibaba. You know the way they've shunned him and pushed him to one side. So you know, and and if you're investing in shares in in China, just just look at the technical details. You're not really you haven't really got ownership of a share like you would have in the UK or indeed in in India. So to me. Everyone talks about China, 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 but India has, has got a lot of potential there and, and there's huge potential. You know, one of the biggest hotel chains, uh, don't ask me to name it, but it's, it's like a, a budget uh, chain of a, a chain of hotel budget chains is actually in India, started by a young entrepreneur with nothing who just realized that he could he could make hotels more attractive. And so he, he start, I think it's called Yo-Yo or something like that, but it, it's it's a bit like a... Uh, a premier in but more budget than that and but they're clean they've got good internet they've got clean food and and that sort of thing and it's just what business people need to travel around i've seen the same thing happen in in other other asian countries like the philippines where you used to have sort of luxury five-star hotels and then you know real dives now they've got the the mid mid brand for, for business people that just you know at the end of the day you need a room you need to, to go to your meeting and that's it so and, and like the budget airlines in Asia are booming as well. They were booming before, you know, the crisis. But, you know, budget airlines were, were growing very, very fast in, in Asia. So but but look at India. Look, do do check out India because there's there's things are really happening in, in that country. Now, online deliveries and online retailing are still booming, of course. Yeah, we've seen it grow exponentially and every Christmas it grows even more. But there's still room, I think, for physical stores. However, I wouldn't recommend that if you're a new business owner that you jump into opening up a shop because it's hugely expensive. It's all right for Amazon. You know, if they, if they fail in their, their shops, they can close it down. It's just a dent in their profits. But if you put all your life savings into a physical premises or, or a shop, uh, to open up some cafe or whatever it is, you know, when there's already 20 cafes on the high street and, and, and these are, are brands that can really do better than you, um, then, you know, you're, you're asking for trouble. And, and did you know that 90%, 96% of, of new businesses fail? And I, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of those fail because they, they, they run out of capital. They put all their money into uh, a physical kind of business and stock and that sort of thing. And, and they just... Just you know the cash flow problems, lack of lack of knowledge, lack of experience, and and they end up closing down. So I definitely wouldn't go out and rush out and open up physical shop. If you can't sell your products online, what makes you think people are going to walk into your shop and buy them? <clears throat> and I see shops all the time opening up in the high street. I think, what are they doing? You know, these are even big companies opening up yet another fast food store, and, and some of them only last a year. And these are big companies. So what makes you got think you've got a chance to open up your you know, because you, you think you're a good cook at home and you can open up a restaurant, for instance. You know, just be careful with that. It, I'm not saying 
don't go into business, but just be careful. If, if you're going to go into that kind of business, maybe you need partners, maybe you need someone to capitalize it rather than sort of remortgaging your house or spending all your redundancy money on a, on a franchise or something like that. You've got to be very careful. And as I said, the world's economies are still in choppy waters. We're not out of the, the storms yet. Uh, stock markets and property prices that remain at an all-time high, by the way. This is fueled by the government's printing um by, by, by the government's printing trillions and trillions of, of dollars uh, and pounds and euros to prop up the weakened economies. I told you the other day that the UK national debt is, is two trillion pounds now, um, which is a thousand billion. You know, I mean, think of a billionaire and how much that a billion pounds is or a billion dollars. You could live on that for the rest of your life and your, you know, your children's and your grandchildren's life would never run out of money. Well, this is a thousand billion and, and that's a trillion. And, and, and now the UK national debt is 2000 billion and it's uh, something like 800% of the GDP. They spent 400 billion during uh, propping up businesses with things like the furlough scheme and bounce back loans and that sort of thing. So we're still in, in problems here. We're not out of it yet. Tax tax rises are coming to pay for all of this. So there's, and you know, we know that fuel prices are rising in the UK. Inflation is on the rise. Uh, forecasted at 6% by the markets in the UK and America. Uh, Germany's had its highest inflation level for years. So, you know, things are, are you've, got, you've just got to be careful. Yesterday, I reported that a second Chinese property company defaulted. This is after the Evergrande scandal. This is a company called Fantasia. They defaulted on interest payments and said that they might not be able to pay back uh, debt. So that, that could cause another collapse in that Chinese property bubble. And yet still, investors are piling into to highly priced stocks that are, are at an all-time high, that have got all-time high PE ratios, especially in American stock markets, and, and properties like the party's never going to end. I mean, does that remind you of anything? The party's never going to end. Does it remind you of the, the roaring 20s and then, you know, the, the, the 1929 stock market crash? Does it remind you of the 80s? You know, the 80s, yeah loads of money and that sort of thing. And then what happened there? 2008 as well. It just brings back these memories. And maybe I'm, I'm, I'm being too pessimistic here, but, but I certainly wouldn't be piling my money into, you know, the American stock market at the moment, especially as these, these, these the so-called fangs, that those five or six companies that dominate the market are just ridiculously priced. Test Tesla. I mean, how can Tesla be worth more than General Motors and Toyota put together? It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, now, you might say, oh, I don't care. I don't invest in stock markets and shares. I don't invest in properties. Well, take a look at your pension fund. What is your pension fund investing in? Go, go and look. If, you, if you're in a pension fund that is a, a type of fund that where you're, 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 you're Benefits are defined by how much you put in and how much the growth is, like it's a personal pension fund or a work-based scheme. Go and ask the administrator where your money is invested and then, then have a look. Then say, I'm not invested in shares. If you're in a government scheme, you haven't got anything to worry about there because the taxpayer will pick up the bill if, if they run out of money. But, you know, just I'm just saying be careful out there uh, when, when you're investing. If you do invest in shares or property, make sure you've done your homework, make sure you understand it, make sure you've got education. Uh, because, you know, really, there's never been a better time uh, to, to, to stay informed and educate yourself on financial matters. And the key to building and, and keeping wealth is, is financial education. You know, we know that millionaire habits have been studied. They've been uh, documented at academic levels in best-selling books like The Science of Getting Rich and Think and Grow Rich were written 100 years ago. Uh, so they, they leave tracks. Success leaves tracks. So 
don't try and reinvent the wheel and do something that, you know, you think I, I've got this new idea. No one's done it before. Well, maybe there's a reason why no one's done it before. So you, you can follow the habits. And I've written about these in, in my book. Yes, money can buy you happiness. Simple techniques to keep you, uh, to, to help you build wealth over time and keep wealth. And if you don't want to read that, have a look at my free training, uh, which will show you how to, to, to become financially free without necessarily working any harder than you are now. And, you know, you can do this very, very quickly. So if you'd like to know more about how investing, how to become a professional property investor, or just be financially free without working any harder, click on the link below for the free training. And I, I, I will see you there. If, if you click on my link, you've got nothing to lose. It's absolutely free. Have a great day and be careful out there. Thank you for listening to Money Tips. For more tips and information, visit moneytipsdaily.com. The information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice. As always, take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions. 